Welcome. Thank you for joining me. Did you know that when a woman is most fertile, their vaginal discharge closely resembles raw egg whites? Well, you know now. Welcome to episode three of the Potty Mouth Parenting Podcast. This is Mo. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate your time again. Uh, you could be doing anything else, but you're choosing to join me in this adventure and episode three. Episode three title is From Start to Finish. It's all about mucus. I ain't lying. From the very beginning, from the moment that we decided we were going to start trying with my wife, we realized that mucus is that line that connects everything from conception all the way up to childbirth and beyond because boogers are a thing that kids are good at. We realized that after doing a ton of research, after doing a ton of reading and not just Googling, like actual reading books and, and you know, like scholarly articles and stuff, <clears throat> mucus in my throat, mucus is a big tying thing that links one 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 event to the next. And it's really interesting and it's really gross. And the point of this episode is to, to prepare you for the fact that the human body is actually pretty nasty. And it does certain things that are obviously normal and it does certain things that are obviously good for you, but it's kind of gross. We're a walking biohazard, literally. Um, but the thing is that we have to pay attention to these things and these, uh, these events that happen within our bodies to really predict when is a good time to fuck. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. So again, thank you for joining me. This is episode three from start to finish all about mucus and let's get into it. When my wife and I decided to buckle down and started trying to have a baby, uh, it was about six months uh, between the moment that we decided to, you know, stop the, uh, the the birth control, which don't get me started on that. I think birth control should be on the men's side. I don't think that women should be taking birth control. It fucks with your body too much. It's an awful bullshit thing, and it's just not good for you. And I'm actually really pushing for me personally pushing. Yeah, no, I'm really hoping that, you know, uh, male contraceptive and male birth control is actually going to be a thing soon. It fucks with us less. Get on it. Anyways, that point aside, when my wife and I decided to start trying, we stopped birth control. We wanted to stop it for a while. It's a minimum of about six months that they recommend, uh, according to you know the doctors and pharmacists, that you should be stopping your birth control before you start trying. So within that six months, we really decided to buckle down and try to do as much research and as much reading as possible. And we tapped into a lot of resources that, hey, I didn't even know existed before that. And the resources started with Google, as is with everything. And we just started kind of diving into podcasts and we started diving into written articles about uh, trying uh, books. Um, my wife uh, bought and purchased a book called The Impatient Mother, uh, The Impatient Mother's Guide to Conception, I want to say it's called. And I really apologize if I'm fucking up the name, but I think that's what it was called. Anyways, we really just, well... She did a lot of the research. I listened to her about the research, and I, uh, I, I followed along. Uh, you know, and it was it was great that she was really, really, really getting into it, and so was I. Um, of all the things that we tried, there was an app on your phone that you can get called Ovia, O V I A, not a sponsor. Um, I, and I'm not getting paid this to, to to say this. Ovia is an amazing little app, and they have three separate apps, I believe, um, from you know, from trying to uh, you know uh, to from preconception 
into pregnancy and then they have a child uh, rearing app, I guess. Um, and we found the first two apps incredibly, incredibly helpful, especially the Ovia ovulation app. It's just such an amazing app. It tracks, you know, you can track temperature, you can track viscosity of vaginal uh, discharge, you can track uh, your menstruation cycle, and it gives you, so you, you definitely want to verify this with an ovulation test, which, first of all, fuck are they expensive? Um you definitely want to verify with an ovulation test. But this app was very, very close into when the ovulation cycle started for my wife and menstruation started for my wife. And my wife is, I mean, you can set a clock by this girl. She is regular shit. But um, what happened is like, you, what happens or what you do is you enter all this information into this app and this app basically gives you a three-day period where it gives you a little smiley face and a little half smiley face on either side and that's a little smiley face is where you get your fuck on and <laughs> what happens is you you fuck a lot during that time that whole week is basically just straight up wrecking your back and uh that's not a joke by the way <laughs> um, I'm not a young person and I used to train in martial arts and do other sports and stuff like that. And I have hurt my back on a number of occasions, even at work. When I used to work in the trades, I ended up hurting my back quite seriously. So when we started the fuck fest, I realized very quickly that I needed to limber up beforehand because I would hurt my back. <laughs> and this is something to keep in mind. Hey, this is a tip pro tip from my, my fellow potential dads out there stretch hamstring stretches back stretches get yourself limbered up it's not sexy you can do it in the bathroom right before but if you have problems with your back you're gonna want to stretch it's not something you think about until after it happens and then you're regretting it so i'm telling you right now before fuck fest get your stretch on just saying pro tip <laughs> Anyways, this app was amazing. And um, one of the things that the app had said is um, when your wife is ovulating, the vaginal discharge changes in viscosity. And this is something that, believe it or not, you will check. If you're serious about childbirth, if you're not just, if you're like my wife and you want to get the data down, you're checking that viscosity and you're checking the temperature, not vaginally. You put it, you know, your, your your mouth temperature, your body temperature has a little bit of a spike when it comes to ovulation. So on those days where the Ovia app said fuck on is when we got our fuck on. So Ovia app was a really good app for us to get started with that. Um, continuing on, um, from that, we were very lucky. So we only were trying about three months before, uh, before my wife got pregnant and three months feels like a hell of a long time. Um, when you're in it and you're trying and you really want this to happen, three months feels like a long time. We, on the other side of things, were very lucky that we were only trying for three months. Um, there's some people who try for a lot longer. There's some people who try and boom it's like they hit the jackpot and it's a weekend and you're you're pregnant um some people try for a lot longer um my heart goes out to you because honestly although it was only three months those three months felt like a really long time so 
after ovulation, you know, you'd get the, um, you'd get, uh, your pregnancy test and you try for that week and you'd continue to check, um, to see if you were pregnant. And every month that that little pregnancy test said negative, it was heartbreaking because we really wanted this. We really wanted to be there. We really wanted to have this baby and we kept checking and nothing. We kept checking and nothing for three months. And it's really sad. And it's, you know, it's, you're trying not to get your hopes up. And I'm very much about no expectations, no disappointment. Uh, my wife has a tendency to get her hopes up. And, you know, you get your hopes up for that little bit. And, you know, that thing comes back negative And your heart breaks a little bit because it's like, oh, another month. We tried, we tried, and it just didn't happen. And I feel for people who have to go um, through this month after month after month. It's it's heartbreaking. Um, what I really want to kind of say is that you have to be, you have to be easy on yourself. The no expectations, no disappointment thing is easy to say. It's harder to execute. And execution of no expectations is is a difficult difficult thing to reach. And not a lot of people can reach it. I haven't read, reached it all the way. Um, but it, it's you have to be easy on yourself. The more you stress out, the more you think about it, the more you lament the fact that you're not pregnant, or as a father, the more you have to um, console your wife or your significant other after, you know, another month of not having, not, you know, reaching that goal, it, it, it's, it takes a toll on you. Uh repeatedly and it's not good for your health the more you stress the more your body reacts your body is you know it's one of the leading causes of like you know bad health is stress and so the more you stress the harder it's going to be and so as a dad here's here's my here's my bro tip (laughs) as a potential dad or as you know the male partner or identifying male partner um you want to make sure to keep them relaxed i know it's hard on you too it was hard on me to see this and to see the look in her eye whenever that thing came back negative you have to keep it together you have to keep it so that it they're going through the tough part here they are going through the tough part and you have to be supportive and you have to remind them that they're amazing and that there's nothing wrong it's good to be able to be supportive and it's good to be able to identify what you're feeling and identify what your partner is feeling so that you can support them in that in that in that journey, in that, in those feelings, I think it's important. I'm not, I'm not a psychiatrist here. I'm, I'm married to a social worker, but I'm not a social worker or a psychiatrist. I know what works for me, and what worked for me was to keep a level head, to understand that this is a long process, and we're going to be at this for a while, and it sucks when it doesn't happen, but it's going to happen, and you got to keep that positive mindset. As soon as you lose that positive mindset, shit goes downhill. It's not a good thing. But be easy on yourself. Be patient with yourself. Keep having fun. Break out the straps. Break out, you know, the things that you've always wanted to try. Keep having fun. Keep it interesting. You're going to be doing this for a while. And, you know, if you're lucky, you're not going to. But if you're not, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you're trying for a while, you might as well make it interesting. As well as, you know, after the baby comes, you're going to be too exhausted to do shit. You're going to wish your back hurt and not from fuckfest. You're going to, you know, and not, not from holding the baby. You're going to be, you're going to be wishing your back hurt from fuckfest. So 
get it all out now. <laughs> Have a little bit of fun. Get to know your significant other. Go on dates. Set the mood. Do a lot of foreplay. It's going to be fun. So you might as well make the best of it. Um, all of it. <laughs> it's going to be a good time. So this mucus thing continues. When your wife finally becomes pregnant, and it's going to be an amazing thing. So I'll tell you a little bit of a story. Um, tune in next time for the full story. But my wife told me in a very cute and amazing way and that had involved a lot of my friends. So we're actually living in, in, in Winnipeg right now, and we're originally from Calgary. But she got to all of our friends from Calgary to kind of like help us help her build this little amazing little video. If you want to hear this, the full story, tune into my next episode and I promise to go through it. But, um, she did an amazing little video for me to, to reveal to herself that she was pregnant, to reveal to me that she was pregnant. And it was an amazing little video and I love her to death for it. It was so great. Um, but, um, something that we learned, another thing that we learned and or at least read. I don't know if you learned. Do your own research. Make sure to do your own research. Do not listen to what I have to say because I'm just an idiot with a microphone. But did you know female sperm is slower but lasts longer in the vaginal cavity? Male sperm is faster, but it dies quicker. We get the job done. We get the fuck out of there. <laughs> um, so we were we were given the impression on something that we had read that if we wanted a girl to get ourselves on <laughs> to, uh, to get our fuck on, um, a day or two before the smiley face day. And then since it's slower, but it lasts longer, you, you have a little bit of a more of a better chance to get a female. And we really wanted a girl. We really, really wanted a girl. Um, so, you know, we tried that. Hey, hey, it worked for us. I mean, we obviously also fucked on the same day of the smiley face, but it worked for us, which was kind of cool, right? I mean, there's no, no, I don't know. Do your own research. I think it's important to do your own research. So, hey, but something that we read that actually, you know, it, it fit with what we wanted and we tried it. I mean, I, I, I would have, I don't know, like, yeah, there's a whole conversation about resentment if it was a boy. And I'd love to hear about parents. If you have, if you're actually, if you're a parent and you want to share your story, you do not have to share your story. But if you're a parent who wanted a certain gender of a, of a baby, if you wanted a boy or you wanted a girl, um, if you're that parent and then it was revealed to you that you, you know, wanted that you were get you were having a boy or you were having a girl and it was opposite to what you wanted. I'd love to hear your story because I honestly would have felt a little bit of resentment. And I know that once you've once you held them, I, it's hard not to love them once they're in your arms. Uh, but I, I would love to hear your story. And uh, if you have a story, please uh, send it over to me and you can go to my Instagram pmp.podcast on Instagram. That's pmp.podcast on my Instagram and comment on, uh, on, you know, the, the, on the, the post for this, uh, episode and, um, episode three and tell me your stories or, you know, DM me your stories. Cause I'd really love to hear them. And I know, I know that I'm not saying that, you know, you, you probably, you know, you had a whole of like it lamented lamentation about not having the gender that you wanted, but it obviously would be pretty hard. Right. So I would actually love to hear your story and how you coped with it and how you dealt with it. And, uh, Hey, if it's cool enough, maybe we'd have a conversation and you could be on the podcast. Hey, that'd be kind of cool, right? You could be on a podcast. Let me know. So anyways, I was trying to say, is that we really wanted a girl and we would have done anything to get a girl. So it was really amazing to 
have that ultrasound done and them say, hey, it's a girl. Boom. We had her named right from the beginning. We had no idea what the hell we were going to call a boy. We didn't have, we had no boy names picked out at all. None, none at all. So it was really, it was really a relief to be able to, um, to, to say that we had a girl and it was such a blast. Oh, just amazing. What an amazing feeling. But, um, the mucus continues. So once your wife is pregnant and you go through all that, it's managing expectations, of course, and then managing the fact that things are going to be nasty. So when a woman becomes pregnant, the vaginal discharge changes again. And uh, it changes multiple times. And it could be different. It, uh, it could be the same. Every woman is different. And it, they all go through this. Um, when the woman is in their first trimester... And this is something I really want to talk about. It is absolutely nerve-wracking. Oh, my goodness. The first trimester is an absolute, just like nails, like you're, you're, you're constantly white-knuckling this whole thing because there's a lot of stuff out there that scares the shit out of you. Don't twist. Don't do this. Don't change this. Don't do that. And I, I really highly recommend that you do your research when it comes to all of this stuff. I know that we followed everything to the letter because we did not want to have a scare, which we actually did end up having a scare. Tune into another episode to find out what that scare was and how we dealt with it and uh, how we got through it. But we tried everything, everything under the sun to not have a scare happen. And when it happened, it like really grounded us. It's like, are we being careful enough? And so we started following everything to a T, no coffee, no caffeine, no twisting, no exercises that you weren't doing before, no jogging, no high impact this, no this, no that. And we did everything we could to try to follow a a healthy lifestyle for my wife, uh, right from the beginning. And I took solidarity. I, not going to say I stopped drinking coffee because if I feel like I, if I, you know, if I stop drinking coffee, somebody is going to die. Um, so, (laughs) um, I did not stop drinking coffee. I did stop drinking, um, which I'm still not drinking a whole lot. So I stopped drinking completely. I, you know, I helped her with exercise. We did as much exercise as we could. Um, I helped her with like, you know, clean eating and stuff. And it was that first trimester was fucking rough it was absolutely brutal for my wife so first trimester um my wife had it really bad uh she was exhausted all the time she was sick and covid was just becoming a thing so she got pregnant and uh actually funny story um the first person to find out outside of me obviously the first person to find out that we were pregnant was actually our chiropractor. So <laughs> we um, we had chiropractic appointments uh, for that month, and we were going into a new chiropractor, um, kind of like a holistic care kind of thing, uh, physiotherapy kind of thing. But anyways, we were going to this new chiropractor. We were going to try him out. And we, we walked in, and they need to do an assessment. They need to do a body, a head to Sorry, they need to do a head-to-toe assessment, and they need to take x-rays. Well, we didn't want to give this baby, like, Hulk powers or something, and it wasn't even a zygote yet. So we told him. We're like, 
when I, this is the day we found out. So my wife told me with a cute little video. And then the day we found out, we went to the chiropractor and we told him, we're like, she can't have uh, x-rays because she's pregnant. And you're the first person like in all the world to know. That was kind of like our last week where my wife was feeling 100%. And it's kind of really unfortunate because she went through three months, three and a bit months of like hell. And she was exhausted all the time. She slept most of the day. She couldn't eat anything. She had a window of about eight in the morning until let's say one in the afternoon where she could actually eat something and not be sick. And then like from one in the afternoon until like nighttime, she was like unbelievably wrecked. How can you support her as your as a significant other? So as a significant other, you can really support your significant other, you, the, the, the female who's, who's you know, going through all of these changes by really being there for her and really kind of being in tune to the emotional support that they're going to be needing because it is exhausting to grow a baby from what I've been told. And my wife would come in, so my wife would leave for work. Um, this was in the beginning of COVID, so she actually had to have a doctor's note <laughs> that said that she was pregnant and didn't have COVID so that they would allow her in her place of work because she had some of the symptoms that, you know, when COVID came out, it was like everything was a symptom. So she needed to have a doctor's note that told her, hey, I'm pregnant. Here's my doctor note that says I don't have COVID. I actually am pregnant. So that was kind of funny. Um, but uh, she would go to work in the mornings and she would have a little bit of a meal in the mornings and she would get her eating done very early in the morning because by the afternoon she was completely and utterly nauseous and didn't want anything in front of her face. So I was actually working um, from home at the time, more or less. Um, I was working at an office and, and then when COVID happened, everything kind of closed down. So like everybody else, I went home and she would walk in the doorway and she was still working from home because she was considered, um, you know, uh, an essential staff. So she would come home and I would literally give her a glass of water and some saltine crackers that she could actually keep down. And I would bring her to bed and she would just like, she would fall asleep and she would fall asleep from the moment she got home till like, you know, probably around six o'clock at night, she would fall asleep until probably nine. And then she would get up, she would have another glass of water, some more crackers, and she would go right back to sleep. First trimester was rough on my wife and I was there, hopefully I did a good job. I'd have to ask her, but I was there to support anything that she needed. She needed a glass of water. I was there to get it for her. At this time, I really got into the game God of War. Um, and if you've played it, it's quite an amazing game. Another story coming out, probably uh, the next episode. Actually, yes, the next episode, episode four, is has got a lot to do with the God of War. So tune in for that episode. It's going to be really funny. And I have a really good story about how the God of War ties in with my pregnancy. Other than the fact that I got to play a fuck ton of God of War while she was sleeping, which was really awesome. Probably should have used that time to do some writing or something creative. Didn't. Played God of War instead. I mean, it's a win-win. But anyways, um, my wife was... Uh, after a while, like she got started feeling better. And th this is a good time to start to make decisions about how you're going to be approaching this because there's many ways that you can approach um, uh, your pregnancy with your wife. And I don't mean like, you know, um, how to approach it, like how, you know, making a plan or anything like that, like putting together a, 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 
a hospital bag or some shit. That's you don't need to do that yet. Trust me, you don't. But what you want to start doing is start thinking about who's going to be assisting you medically throughout this entire thing, and whether you're going to be needing a doula or you know that sort of thing. And some people find doulas really supportive. I'm going to tell you what we did, and you don't have to take this advice at all. You know how how I feel about advice. But we actually in here in Winnipeg, there's an amazing, an amazing place called the Birth Center. And that birth center here in Winnipeg is uh, right on St. Mary's, and it's um, it's it's such an amazing place. They have they have midwives there, which I had no idea what the fuck a midwife was, or what midwifery was, which is just a funny word to say, midwifery. Um, I had no idea what a midwife was until we got a team of them, and I say team because they give you three, for one, for none. It's Canada, fuck, you get it for free. It's amazing. You go to this birth center, which is all paid for by Alberta, or Alberta, by Manitoba Health. It's all paid for. It's an amazing little place that's like kind of like a medical center. Um, and you 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 put your name on a list to to uh, you know be part of this uh, uh, birth center, and they basically follow you throughout your pregnancy. And um, they give you advice and you have all your medical, you know, um, you have all your medical examinations with them. You have all your appointments with them instead of an OB, uh, an OB. Um, so we decided to go that route, which is funny because actually our, our doctor, our family doctor is an OB. And she actually um, said, if, if, you, if you would like me to follow you throughout your pregnancy when we were there, um, if you would like to follow me, follow you throughout your pregnancy, please let me know and we can, I can be your OB for that. And we considered it for a little bit. But the thing about, uh, the thing I didn't like about OBs is that they really have, you know, a nine to five, if that, and they're super busy. And especially when COVID hit, it was like, they were ridiculously busy. So they had about, I think it was 10, 10 to 15 minute consultations. My wife Something you should know about my wife is that she has a lot of questions, <laughs> and um, her she's an overthinker. So when she gets this, she gets something in her head and she starts to think of, of of certain things. You need to be able to quell that before it gets completely out of hand. Give you an example: when we first started dating, um, we uh, we went we went out. I think it was we went out for coffee or something, and she accidentally slammed her finger in a car door. What preceded was what I thought was a joke. Little did I know it was not a joke. (laughs) So she slammed her finger in her door and, uh, my brother's a paramedic. Uh, she slammed her finger. It's just backstory. I'm not just yelling out bullshit. My, she slammed her finger in the door and she starts crying and she's like, Oh my God, it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. I'm going to die. What if it like blood clots and then it goes up my finger and it goes into my heart and I die. And I started laughing. Like I was like, like on the floor, tears coming out of my eyes laughing until I realized that she was like bawling in front of me. She was not kidding. And she was like, call your brother, call your brother. I want to know if I'm going to be okay. Call your brother. And she did not stop crying until I texted my brother and said, Katie slammed her finger in a car door. Is she going to die? Like legit. He's like, what? No. So, and this is my wife for you. I love her to death. But when it comes to injuries and pain, she's just, she's, she needs that validation. So I'm crying just thinking about it. (laughs) But so I knew that 50, a 50 minute consultation with my OB was not going to cut it. And we needed some, we needed a little bit more involvement with our medical 
staff. And so doing a little bit of research, we found this birth center and we realized that they gave us three midwives, three. And that was to cover basically 24 seven, 365 of medical care. We could call them the emergency line. We could call them. They were on call. They literally have a cell phone that's on call. We could call them at two in the morning, which we did to ask them whatever questions and they would put your mind at ease and they would not judge. They would walk you through it. They had cross training and some sort of Jedi mind trickery where, you know, they helped you emotionally and and supported you, um, you know, uh, emotionally and, and through the process of whatever you were going through. And they were really freaking good at it. It was so good. So we did our research and we went with the birth center and the three midwives. And I could not have asked for a better team of people uh, my wife couldn't have asked for a better team of people. I sound really th- selfish here, but I, honestly, I speak for myself and my wife at this point. Um, we're basically just one person and she just owns me. So that's how it is. Um, so anyways, a uh, little sidetrack. Uh, we went through the birth center and it was just an amazing, amazing um, process. And they helped us so much. And I couldn't, I can't. I can't say enough good things about them. And if you're living in Winnipeg, if you're a Winnipeg resident, um, it's open for everybody. It's open for, you know, anybody who wants to be a part of that community and to have that help. It's open for you. I don't know why more people are not going through this. But anyways, uh, again, not a sponsor, but I just really I sing the praises of the midwives whenever I can because they were an amazing, amazing team of midwives. Um, so they helped us through this whole process and they helped us through right from first trimester to last trimester to right up to childbirth. They they were an amazing uh, people. And something that's actually really cool about it is that they follow you up to six weeks after childbirth. So they follow you and make sure everything's okay. They make sure the baby's okay. And and if you're going back to um to to birth control after this has happened after this has happened like it's something traumatic i mean it kind of is i guess but after childbirth and after you've 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 had your baby and if you want to go back to taking um uh, uh birth control they will talk you through the process of you know what fits best for you and they talk you all through that and it's just oh man i can't say enough good things about it what i really liked about it as well is that um as a man uh, and I learned this, you know, during pregnancy and even at childbirth, I learned this very quickly. You are furniture. You are moved. You are displaced. You are pushed aside. You don't exist. And that is for good reason because your wife is going through a lot. But also, it's tough because you want to be okay as well. And. I think the midwives did a really good job at kind of bringing me into the conversation and not making me feel like I was excluded from the whole thing, which was a really nice feeling because sometimes you do feel excluded. The OB will kind of, you know, whatever. And even in the hospital, one person, one person asked me if I was okay. And that was right when I first came into the, to the hospital. After that, I was moved around. I was pushed around. I'm not complaining at all. I'm not complaining at all. I'm just saying it's really nice to be validated in the feelings that you're having because your wife is going through a a traumatic thing. And I'm the type of person that when my wife is going through something traumatic, I'm going through something traumatic because I really, I feel for her and I'm empathetic to that. And to be able to have a person that says, hey, are you doing okay? Is everything cool? Are you excited? Tell me a little bit about that. 
it's a really nice thing to have. I don't need it, obviously, but it's nice to have. So that was another good thing about the, the, the birth center and about the midwives that were really cool. So what is a midwife? Basically, they are trained in um, everything that comes with pregnancy from, you know, uh, conception to postpartum. They are there. They're trained about everything. They, they're trained to deliver a baby. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a really, it's, it's kind of like a cross uh, practice between, you know, like kind of almost like social work, but also like in the medical field and just midwives, ugh, there needs to be more of them and there needs to be more attention given to them because it's an, it's an amazing practice. So we did go with the birth center. It was an, it was a great choice on our end. And, uh, it just, if you're, if you're thinking about it, definitely think about it. It's a good, good way to go. So when you're going to conceive, the mucus continues. Do you know what a mucus plug is? A mucus plug is a, it's a collection of mucus and it forms around the cervical canal or in the cervical canal, not around the cervical canal, in the cervical canal um, in early pregnancy. So I think, I'm not, I'm not sure when it happens, but it, it it's a coagulation of mucus that forms in that area so that it prevents bacteria from entering inside the uterus and uh it protects the baby um so it's 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 a it's a it's a it's a natural mechanism to protect the baby this is the first thing that happens when before your water breaks is the mucus plug falls out the mucus continues you can't be grossed out my wife came out came out of the bathroom and says does this does this look like a mucus plug to you yeah it um it did very much looked like a mucus plug we're very comfortable with each other um and i said okay that's cool does that mean like water is breaking what happened after the mucus plug came out was a whirlwind of events tune in later to find out that story believe me lots to tell it's a good story um but yeah, like the, the mucus continues, and what um, I guess my point is that you can't be squeamish about anything. The human body is disgusting, and it does things that is disgusting, and it continues afterwards. Did you know babies smell when they first come out of the you know the their 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 uterus? They smell. They, they smell for like a couple of days. I have very sensitive smell, sense of smell, and uh, they smell like like really bad. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess it's normal. I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're swimming around in their, in their, their stuff in there. And like they first come out and you're just like, oh my God, what a beautiful, what the fuck is that smell? And it smelled, and I have really sensitive smell. So it was like a smell. I mean, they tested everything and everything was fine. She was a perfectly healthy baby when she came out, but there's like a, there's a, there's a biological smell that comes with everything that your body secretes not saying that your child's well i'm digging a hole here but i'm just saying they smell they smell funny and it's kind of weird and um and and they don't they don't bathe 
the baby right away because you're not supposed to, right? Because it's, you know, they're not used to the environment around them. So they kind of just give them the wipe down, but there's still stuff on their hair and there's still stuff on their bodies. And you try to give them a wipe down, but, you know, you can't, you have to wait the 24 hours before you can really wash them and it doesn't really come off. And I can still smell it. I can still smell it. Oh, God, I can still smell it. Anyways, they smell, but it's not a bad thing. I mean, it's a normal thing and baby smell. So I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, you <laughs> going back to the topic of conversation is that you really have to be prepared for these gross and nasty things that you're going to be doing. And believe me when I say that a mucus plug, vaginal discharge, and that weird smell babies have when they first come out is going to be the least of your gross worries later on in life. I have way too much trust on the invention of a snot sucker. What is a snot sucker? It does what it says, what it's called, you know, it's a, uh, it's a snot sucker. It sucks snot out of your baby's face. And the trust I have in that little thin piece of fiber membrane, paper mem- membrane between the, 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 the actual like reservoir where the snot goes in and that little straw that you put in your mouth to suck it out, the amount of trust and faith I had in that little piece of paper it's like it would rival any religious belief. I fucking prayed to that thing that it wouldn't break. Because if I'm eating snot, it's not going to be a good day. Just saying. Just saying. Also, wiping... I mean, baby diapers is really the least of your nasty worries. Like, baby diapers are easy. Changing a diaper? Pfft, no problem. <laughs> so, babies are gross. Kids are gross. It's just part of the process. Bodies are gross. Humans are gross. Adults are gross. Everything is gross. It's just your perception of what gross is. And you really have to kind of set that bar a little bit lower because I guess higher. You have to set that bar higher. I don't know. You have to really just get rid of the bar. Everything that you're going to be doing from now on is going to be something gross. Um, Baby poop smells bad especially when it when they start eating like solid foods and uh, it gets underneath your fingernails accidentally and you, you pick your nose or something it's bad it's bad you gotta just be clean clean underneath your fingernails wash your hands wash your hands anyways you should be doing that it's covid what the hell are you doing anyways mucus is the tying string that leads us from conception to childbirth and it's an amazing thing. Mucus is an amazing thing. It's great. It's uh, it's gross, but it's necessary. So that was a nice short little episode that uh, I wanted to bring to light. How much can you talk about mucus, right? Apparently for about 40 minutes. So as you know, I'm a giant movie nerd. And I felt like this quote from Jurassic Park really boiled down this episode. Dr. Ellie Sattler is talking to Dr. Alan Grant as they're coming back from their, uh, their, their dig site to their, their, uh, their trailer where they're about to meet John Hammond. And Dr. Grant says, kids, you want one of those? Sattler says, I don't want that kid, but a breed of child, a breed of child, Dr. Grant could be intriguing. I mean, what's wrong with kids? Grant says, Oh, Ellie, look, they're noisy, they're messy, they're expensive. 
They smell. They don't smell. Some of them smell. Babies smell. And they do. But they're cute. And they're amazing. And they're worth every nasty little booger pick. And snot suck. And change diaper. And funny little smell that they have. They are worth every moment. And you're going to get through this. And if you're trying. If you're con- if you're now in a process of trying. Stretch. A535. Warm baths. And, uh, and definitely, you know, put on that nice music, light those candles, get those chains out, and have a good time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.